In today's episode of Talent Savvy, we are talking about scheduling. Is it really something humans still need to be involved in? And I'm talking to two people who've implemented several scheduling tools for their different organizations. What comes of it? What do you need to know? And how do you do it right? Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. From the Netherlands, my name is Bas van der Hattert. And from Berlin, one year de Kesku. Hi, everyone. And Matthias, also from Berlin. Hello. So we have a very German podcast here today, <laughs> and we are talking about scheduling, ladies and gentlemen. The reason we're talking about scheduling is because Calendly, who doesn't know the company, who hasn't set up a meeting with somebody because of Calendly or through Calendly, has bought Prelude, a specialist in automating scheduling for recruitment. And Prelude was actually known by the very descriptive company name originally, Interview Scheduling, which is exactly what they did. And the fact that Calendly is now buying such a tool makes it really worth visiting. What is it that such a big three billion valuating company with all the resources and who knows everything about scheduling needs to buy a specific scheduling tool for interview scheduling. And mm -hmm. I think it's because there are so many factors come into play with interview scheduling that it's so difficult to crack if you don't have very specific knowledge in this market because it has to do with the groups that are moving in. It has to do with everything which which is just so much more difficult than your average schedule appointment. Awana, your thoughts on this purchase? A very interesting move, first of all. And for those in the recruitment space, I'm sure they're much more familiar with GoodTime, specifically maybe. I mean, both of them, GoodTime and Prelude are American organizations, kind of same year, 2016, 2017, founded But Good Time is so popular in the recruitment space already, I would say, much more than Prelude. And even for me, having in mind we're actually implementing Prelude as we speak, <laughs> it was a bit of like, who are, what, where, where, who are they? But from the article itself, what is maybe for me, I'm, I'm thinking, knowing Calendly has been trying to go in the enterprise corporate space much more. Usually when you see this type of titles, you're like, oh, Prelude will get so many of the features of Calendly and will improve and it will change and will become Calendly. I actually think it might become the vice versa of that. Calendly will probably borrow so much of the automation and the functionalities to do crossover, self-serve type of things even more at scale than they're doing now. So for me, this is a, a very interesting purchase from a business perspective. And of course, we can go more into the recruitment effects on that. but. I'm 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 seeing something there which which is usually different than than regular acquisitions I would say. Matthias any thoughts? Yeah, I would 100% agree this time with Juana as well. I think uh, when I demoed all of the different tooling for me Calendly even if it was very popular a lot of people knew that brand it didn't really cut it compared to Good Time and um, and other tooling out there. I also looked at Prelude or the former interview schedule as well. And what the problem was there is really literally like if you have one-on-one -on -one meetings, yeah, think about your recruitment process, one-on-one -on -one meetings, Calendly will make it work, right? Not a problem at all. But what do you do if you have like final rounds with multiple different people? You need to, you know, complicated different time zones, kind of automation where you need to find slots. 
currently wasn't possible. It was never really good. Also, I think some of their presentation and demos weren't straightforward, but this is where I would totally agree with Oana saying, well, when you combine the functionalities with Prelude and Calendly, Calendly will actually have a bigger take on the recruitment market and be more competitive to good time as it would be without. So it's literally something to keep in mind. Yeah. And then just one question more from a business perspective, and then we'll dive into the actual scheduling and and what our listeners should know about that. I'm really curious, do you think this is going to be a very separate function or is this eventually going to be a standardized function within the ATS? Or is it going to be, for example, are the good times and the, 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 the prelude calendly is going to survive on the very complex structures of, of you know, different time zones, et cetera, et cetera, what Matthias was just referring to? And is the standard scheduling going to be a standard feature in an ATS? Or what do you guys think? That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream. I think... If you think about it from an enterprise perspective again, and uh, based on, and I don't want to, you know, be mean to everybody here, but usually enterprise organizations have pretty poor ATS systems. Yeah. And not saying the names now, otherwise people, you know, punch me. But if you have really poor or medicore ATS systems, then of course, such plug and play tooling becomes Mm -hmm. very handy. Right. And there's a huge market out there for that in the likes of, you know, the better ATS systems. Of course, they, they are working on this. They will include this as well. But then it's more or less the, the bigger decision of saying how much does the ATS offers. And of course, it's a nice to have for a lot of people, but it's not the main criteria for an ATS purchase, right? So I think we need to look at the different perspectives here. In an enterprise world, this makes a difference in in the normal startup, scale-up kind of environment, not as much. But that's actually why I think that more in the startup, scale-up, but also the less enterprisey enterprises, so to say, not the ones who are having the really big, big suites with the HEM suites, which say they have a talent acquisition function, let's Mm -hmm. call them that. For companies doing relatively straightforward scheduling, like you have two meetings with these two people, it shouldn't be too hard for an enterprise for an enterprise ATS to build such a scheduling function. Mm-hmm. I actually recently demoed a few ATSs, and one of them says they have a basic scheduling function. Now, for this organization, since we have a really basic recruitment process, basically there are two days and. The only thing we need to schedule on is the time for each candidate. Mm-hmm. We actually communicate the day where the interview mm-hmm. is going to be upfront, which is amazing that it works. But yeah. for this organization, it works really well also for the candidates. You know, that's not that difficult. You don't probably, you won't probably need an extra tool for that. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, think about scale, think about robust systems, think about the errors that you might have. I think, you know, Juana probably uh, going to back me up on this, but if you have an organization where you want to hire 3,500 people every year, you know, the amount of interviews you need to schedule to get to those hires is crazy, right? And you need a system that actually helps me. And we'll talk about this when we go a little bit into the deeper meaning of what they actually can do. If you have a five or 10% kind of time savement or a faster process or stuff like that, this will cut the deal. 
for a lot of bigger enterprise systems again, right? So I think from a scaling perspective and uh, for, for bigger orbit corporates, that is a difference, right? For smaller ones, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's not straightforward. It's not rocket science if it's just one-on-one -on -one conversations, but it gets more complex because we all know recruitment processes or hiring processes are not straightforward. They are complex. And recruiters yeah. hate doing scheduling. And... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I think everybody actually, no, well, there are some people who made their job of doing scheduling. Yes, I mean, really we have full team. But this is, I mean, just so, uh, uh, on top of the efficiency, right, and the speed and mm -hmm. somehow the experience augmented in a positive way, there is a generous cost saving from organizations if they figure out how to do proper, especially when you're at scale. As you say, if we're looking at our I think 200,000 interviews they were scheduled last year. It's absolutely mind-blowing, right? And probably 30% of these are reschedules just because people did not manage to coordinate on time on a proper, <laughs> right? So there's so much to be saved here from brain power <laughs> to cash. Let me repeat that. You said in your organization last year, 200,000 interviews are scheduled and 30% of those are rescheduled. Don't quote me fully. I think the the absolute wow. number is almost there, but the reschedule this is a this is a common benchmark. Probably us depending on the types of roles or job profiles or regions spikes ups and downs, but I think this is kind of the market at the moment, right? Most of the interviews are rescheduled at least 30%, right? Yeah, and then there are two more topics that I need to address on this one. Is your favorite topic, Bas? People are not able to assess properly. That's why they need more interviews. Mm. And the second of all is COVID. Mm -hmm. Due to COVID, people had candidates, had every candidate four times more interviews than they used to because wow. of the situation. So that actually is a, a figure that I pulled from Good Times when I was working with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just imagine this, how much potential there is of time saving if you think about topics like that. Yeah, definitely. So let's go into what can scheduling and scheduling tools do for us? I think our listeners, some of them might be working with them, some of them might know them, but I also meet so many people who don't really know what's possible or don't know, uh, or some of them actually never heard of the fact that they're scheduling tools. Yes, I still meet those people quite often, actually. But and most don't see the entire width of the, the or the possibilities of it. Now you've both, and that's why I really wanted you on this podcast. You've both have worked with them. You've implemented them. You've worked with different vendors, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell me what, Matthias? I remember uh, you at several former employers uh, implemented it. Can you tell me how how does it go about? How do you choose? Well, let's start with the very first question. How do you choose the right tool? Yeah, good question. Well, first of all, what I always, when you, uh, I would do with every HR technology tooling or with every technology tooling that I buy is set up a, a set of criteria. Uh, yeah, look at really what is the purpose of it? What kind of problem does it solve? What is the business case behind it? How does it help? to create better experiences. When I think about experience, it's candidate experience, recruiter experience, yeah, maybe even hiring manager experiences. So have that checklist and that criteria before you even talk to vendors, yeah? Because so, so many times people are just talking to vendors and then say, 
Hmm, interesting. That's cool. So how do we go about it, right? And then they end up with three or four different vendors and this decision of, yeah, how do I make a decision even? Yeah. Have mm -hmm. I looked at all the criteria? So that needs to happen first. And I think, honestly speaking, by having done this already a couple of times, is like it is really about the ease of use, mm -hmm. right? So I would say, how complex is it? What we haven't touched yet, but it's also a topic that is connected to this, is this whole topic of talent ops, right? Talent operation. These people, they're looking at technology to improve with the best technology uh, available, the uh, strategic hiring goals to make it easier for everyone else to hit their targets, to increase productivity. And these people are quite easy to figure out, okay, what is it that it gets me? But in the end of the day, first things first would be, can I... Can I run that system or use that tool with the process that I have? Mm -hmm. So if it's not possible to display or, you know, use my current process with that tool, then I have a problem, right? And for scheduling, I mean, in the beginning, let's say we have a four-step process, talent interview, hiring manager interview, straightforward. Every tool can almost do this. This is not a differentiator. But really, when it comes to the on-site structure or the final round structure where you have multiple interviews at one day or over two days, then really making this happen of saying like, okay, can I find a place in the diaries of my stakeholders? And on top, for example, think about it, Bas, somebody drops out and immediately the system reinvites somebody else. So you don't have to go back and forth. So there needs to be a, a workflow behind it. And of course, the bigger picture that is hidden always is the health of diaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, How healthy are our diaries? How disciplined are people? How are we using our time? Yeah, that's actually what they're trying to solve. No, and of, and of course, the health of diaries and do people actually enter their appointments in there and and enter travel time and stuff like that in there absolutely but that's that's something we can't fix with a tool that's human behavior sure. this isn't about educating hiring managers on managing their agenda but it's really interesting what you said like we want people on site for a certain day so now it needs to check the different times for example things which only in larger organizations i think you'll mm -hmm. encounter awana do you have any because you've bought several tools you just said we're now implementing prelude at uh, wayfair can you tell me what anything to add to matthias is <laughs> how do you go to selecting the tool or did he cover it all well so for example considering that we had all these functionalities with good time more or less right like we didn't necessarily have a big pain but what we realized in a way for example, one thing that Prelude promises is becoming one with your brand. So it becomes a vehicle for your employer brand. In general, this tool specifically can actually personalize the look and feel of the invites. You are more immersed in the experience of interviewing and you are you have more transparency. So a big gap in the uh, candidate experience is I know which date. And I know which time, but I don't know with whom I'm interviewing. I don't know the topics of the interview. I don't know how to prepare, right? So a lot of the, even good time or others, they allow you to create, let's say, templated content to actually shoot some materials, things like that. But it's 
it's a template, right? It's not dynamic. So if your interviewer changes, that won't be captured. If your content of that specific hour in the panel, it's not captured. You need to manually edit all these things, right? And it enhances so much the experience of the candidate. But to be honest, also on the other side, the interviewer, considering sometimes you look at your diary as an interviewer and you have three interviews in there, you're like, okay, I know who I'm interviewing and at what time, but for what and for which role. And this streamlined kind of visibility, transparency on all the details that are part of an interview experience is key for one, easiness, right? But then engagement. And I think it it also tries to solve the problem of people not dropping out of the process. This is a big issue, right, in general. And uh, uh, even interviewer engagement, I must say. All right. I think we just simply pivoted in how to select the tool from the amazing features that tools have. We already pivoted to that uh, part of the the debate. Oana is always great at already moving us forward in the discussion. So what are other cool things, Matthias, which you've seen, which really helps? Because the business case is obvious. It's a massive time saver, I guess. Is it helping the candidate experience even without those things and what is helping the candidate experience yeah candidate experience for sure because i think if you have imagine if you have a seamless process where you just go back and forth you select on the diaries of your potential interviewer that you have on the next step your interview that fits your time schedule as well is definitely seamlessness and I, I also do think that, you know, we all know this back in the days when those tools were not there and you had back and forth email chains with the candidate. And after 15 emails, you probably then said, okay, I need to jump on the call because this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? Right. I think this is really uh, seamless in that perspective. I also do think when we look at the recruitment perspective as well, I think Think about it like this. If a recruiter spends probably, I mean, Juana probably can back me up with this, but 30 to 40% of their time scheduling, and that's time that you can move. And if it's just 10 or 15% less, then they do something different. They do more interviews, they do more reach outs, right? And if they have the ownership, so what I did in a former company, I was very radical and said, before I hire a, a bunch of recruiting coordinators, which are yet most of the time the people who are using that, I don't hire them. I just put this all in a tool mm-hmm. and empower the recruiters to do this so that I then say I have less people in the process, more of a lean approach, but more technology that helps me to fast track that. And then in a, in a cost perspective, then what a lot of recruiter I have seen sometimes is the issue is, do I trust the recruiting coordinator or not? Mm-hmm. Has she moved uh, this already forward? Why is there a problem, right? And so they would own the whole journey of that candidate by having the technology that helps them to make this easy and seamless mm-hmm. for them as well. And um, I think also uh, from that perspective, they can own what Oana said to then say, how do I prepare my candidates? What is the purpose of this interview, right? I even would go one step further and say, why why is there no video content? Imagine, Bas, you would be like, hey, this is Matthias. I have a first round call and there are 60 seconds where somebody explains me, what is the purpose of this? What do you need to prepare? What is maybe something you check out? And you have this all on your journey. That would be wonderful, yeah. right? Now, l- listen, I've but then we're going into interviewing and not scheduling. I've always been mm-hmm. a big fan of actually sending all the questions up front. 
Yeah. And of course, having a face with who's going to ask those questions with it will lower the bar even more and make people feel even more at home. But I think that's not a scheduling issue. That's a probably go into once. Just, Oana, can you paint me a picture on what does it look like? Who does what in your process at this moment? And mm -hmm. basically, those who haven't used these tools yet, what does it look like? How does it work? What do, what do you do? Who does what? Yeah. Before starting that, if you're a recruiter, please learn how to schedule. It, it empowers you in so many ways and it makes you empathize with any coordination team that you might be working with. Second, the coordinator recruiter, if you do have the opportunity to be in such an organization where you have both teams, it's a beautiful dance if done properly. So <laughs> just putting it out there before that. But in general, and Wayfair, no Wayfair, I think in general, specifically for tech organizations uh, where I'm, I'm more in, you will see a recruiter interview, a hiring manager interview, a, a technical assessment, right? So that depends because that also, it's a different conversation. And you have, for example, now organizations like Karat, which have their own scheduling. If you, if you use them to interview your engineers, for example, some others have assessments, so there's no scheduling. Some others use, what, Codility and all the other stuff, right? So you need that integration in your scheduling tools <laughs> as well. So let's put it out there separately. And usually you will have a panel interview, a panel interview that now, be, I think post-COVID, instead of having it in one day, you have it across one or two weeks sometimes, or even more for executive roles. You can see like months mm. sometimes <laughs> pulling in there, right? So you need that Everything in one place, first of all, with full transparency, who's done what, when, but also who's requested what. So there is a, a whole chain of communication within the system. Let's say now it's greenhouse for us and with good time. It's like you see who requested the interview with whom, when does it need to happen? Was it scheduled? Yes, that performed, com com confirmed or not. If they didn't, the coordinator goes back and checks who else is available because, you know, not everybody has their slots properly arranged. So there is a bit of a ping always if things are not very easy or very clear and they are usually not. Then the recruiter goes back and checks, is everything actually fully set? Am I missing anything? Am I missing anybody? Is everybody like briefed on what they should interview on? And then usually in this type of processes, you would also have a, a wrap-up interview, a wrap-up session of hiring committee, whatever you want to call it, the interview debrief. So after the candidate is outside of the picture, but all the people who were in the interview, they catch up again to understand whether the decision is a positive or not. So the whole flow is, is always a bit like recruiter in, recruiter out, coordinator in, coordinator out, coordinator in, coordinator out, recruiter in, recruiter out, right? Like there's not necessarily a, a, a there is a bit of a flow, but in the same time, it's it depends on your process, your job profile, your level of that and how prepared people are. Is it August? Because I think August is a very specific challenge for scheduling it <laughs> or Christmas or anything like that, right? So we need to be very mindful of the cake that is an interview process. And it becomes bigger and bigger in terms of like the panel requires four to six to eight people sometimes, depending on, on these levels. But it really always starts with the recruiter. Until a certain point for us, at least, to be honest, the recruiter said, hey, I will, I will do this. I will have full autonomy till panel interview because it's not as complex. I'm not sp spending half a day to schedule something. I'm just spending half a minute because it's a button away because GoodTime does offer that possibility when it's simple, right? Prelude technically now gives the opportunity for cross 
yeah, basically every panel automated in one, two, three clicks, basically. Let's see. Mm -hmm. we'll, 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 we'll report back. <laughs> so, so basically what you're telling me is the recruiter takes the driving seat and will say, listen, this person needs to be interviewed by click, 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 these hiring mm -hmm. managers or these people in the process. Sometimes even no, right? Like for us, it's more like this person is interviewing for this role and you have your batch of 100 interviewers trained. So whoever is available for this specific level at this specific time. Of course, that's another possibility. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you, you guys yeah. work a lot more in scale-ups where yeah. it's... Yeah, no, I'm thinking more... Uh, there, there's actually two completely different interview processes yes. because you usually look at does this person get a job or not while most of the processes i'm involved in are who of the people who applied gets the job mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. of course a different process between scale-ups and traditional companies where there's one job opening and we have to select from a certain amount of applicants which for certain companies they're still getting them so that's and that's a completely different process of course because for you it's just we need this person to be interviewed by two people or three people within the organization in order for him or her to get the job. Mm -hmm. While in my type of companies where I consult for, it's who will get the job. And we already decided this is the selection committee and this person needs to speak with these mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which totally. is, of course, a different process, which, which gathering tools need to assist. Matthias, do you have any interesting last cases where you're saying like oh we did this and that really worked really fine or, or yeah i think what we didn't discuss too much is speed if you want to hire the best people they're not going to stay on the market forever so i would say two weeks yeah not more than that and i think Speed is sometimes seen as if we rush to decision-making too fast. It also leads to biased decision-making. But in the end of the day, I'd be like, speed is the one criteria that enables us to actually hire amazing talents. Yeah. So if we can make sure uh, ensure that we have a certain speed in our processes, then this is definitely something that will, in the end, enable us to hire more great people because we are actually within their time and your window of opportunity actually one company uh, to consider. And I think uh, we have seen this in the last two years, right, where COVID and everything else was so competitive, literally losing people in the process was a daily, daily topic, yeah? And I think um, in the end, then this means we are not hiring the people who are the best in our process because we are losing them, right? Or other companies are so fast or they have a faster process or they don't have so many steps, right? And I think this is something that I want to want to point out to as well. If, if, if people think about business cases is how fast can you uh, or what kind of an influence has this on your time to hire or time to fill as well? This was great for us on our end. Yeah, put this into the perspective. All right. So to summarize, basically, you're spending less time from recruiters and recruitment marketeers, which can be or recruiting coordinators that can be spent better doing more useful stuff. Your process is sped up, which means that you keep the better candidates and you can actually improve the candidate experience as well, because not, nobody likes seven reschedules uh, unless the candidate is does it himself or <laughs> herself. All right. And then I want to just wrap up with actually a quote, 
which I heard the very first time I was introduced to scheduling tooling. Interestingly enough, by you, Matthias, your former boss, and Oana's your current boss, <laughs> Winter, who said, and I love this quote so much that I stole it from him with his permission, if you cannot add value as a human in the recruitment process, if there's no way to have a wow moment, which basically is with scheduling, because let's be honest, nobody said, wow, that scheduling went easy. No human should be touching it. It should be seamless. And humans should only be involved if they're able to have a wow moment in the recruitment process, because otherwise, what's the use? Technology is better. And on that note, I would like to thank you all for listening. If you like our show, give us a rating on Apple or Spotify and preferably five stars or share it with somebody else. And we'll be back next week.